And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today, today is the 8th of August, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show, presented by The Athletic. I'm of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, Nick, we have uh, quite the nugget that came out, quite the quite the series of videos that came out the other day in regards to Cade and Jalen uh, playing for the select team uh, with uh, the, the U.S. roster right now. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute. Then we're going to do some non-basketball mailbag Q&A stuff before we get to the rest of our show. What do you got cooking up for us over at The Athletic this week? Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday... We're recording on Monday. On Monday, I dropped a a column looking at different lineup combinations for different scenarios for the Pistons. So you kind of look at the roster. There's some overlap at some positions, which in my mind is always a good thing. There's some overlap in age. So I think um, they're going to have to really like figure out who's going to play and who's not, and those those guys will show themselves in camp, preseason, whatever, regular, start of the regular season. But So I looked at different lineups, obviously starters, uh, but I looked. I went like deeper than just that. I went to like who's the closing lineup? The Pistons are down ten with six minutes left in the game, and you need buckets. Who's the closing lineup? The Pistons are up ten with six minutes left in the game, and you need stops and no turnovers. Small ball lineup, uh, spacing lineup. So um, the my favorite lineup, which is our team's getting their ass kicked. We need. We're down fifteen in the second quarter. We need some type of energy. I'm pulling some of the starters. What group does that? Like I call it the Hamadou Diallo lineup. Okay. Because um, he was always the guy they're getting their ass kicked. Let's throw Hami in there, and they would, like, slowly crawl back, right? Yeah. So, yeah, check that out. Um, I thought it was fun putting together, and I think it's a good insight into what things could look like. My dog just, like, rubbed his butt across my carpet. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so you can check that out. I'll have something on Wednesday. I don't know what that'll be yet. Kind of go on the fly in the summer. But, Yeah. You can go check that piece out if you missed it. Yeah, you know, you mentioned some overlap. I mean, hey, maybe Troy figures, uh, maybe he trims some fat, figures that overlap out here within the next few months. Takes two to tango. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, it's got to be, the beginning of August has got to be like... Uh, Did you just realize that trades usually take two to tango? No, 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 no. You, just, you just said, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just like a team said, I'm trading this guy, you got to accept him. No, sorry, what I mean by that is like, I just wonder if this is the most like the the biggest dead period in terms of I don't know because they're all I, I'm I'm assuming you know Troy's out in Vegas there are probably a bunch of GMs out there it's probably a lot like summer league in the sense that you have a lot of high level GMs out there at UNLV yeah I mean I, I it's definitely more chill and teams have a now like have a chance to sit back and like examine their roster and I'm sure there's conversations always but it's also like all right I'll get back to you in a week and a half I'm going to Cabo right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's a 
there's a lot of urgency. Can't media day is not even till the last week of September, so we're basically two months away from uh, anything of significance. That always bums me out so much because for some reason I always think it's the end of August. And I remember we had this discussion a few weeks ago. And you were because I, I said something about offhandedly about it being at the end of August, and you're like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "I have to wait that much longer." I always forget because the season's not until the end of October. Yeah, it's usually October twenty something. Yeah. Preseason's the first few weeks of October. Get to go to Montreal. I'm geeked about that. The Pistons are playing the Thunder in Montreal. I actually almost went to Montreal uh, a few weeks ago, but I decided to go to San Francisco for vacation. So, good call by me. I get to go to Montreal on. The Athletics Dime now. The Paris of Canada, as it were. The pa- That's what I hear. Yeah. Toronto? Well, I guess because well, it's the French name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Go, to, go to Quebec. Although, I've heard that French in Canada is like if you go to the south and listen to people speak English, it's like the French, the French adjacent is if you just listen to people speak French in Canada. It's like not really real French. Is that true? Well, that I don't know. Uh, I've never been to Montreal. Toronto, they don't really – I never – I mean, I, I think obviously some people speak French, but it's pretty – it's English there uh, for the majority. Yeah. I I, um, I think what I've been told, it's similar to Paris where I think they speak French, but if you give it an attempt, then they'll speak English. So that was like my plan of attack, and I had one line – I'm sure I told the story Yep. when I went to Paris. Yeah, I had one line – which is saying, which basically translated to, hey, I'm sorry, do you speak English? <laughs> and it was actually a good icebreaker. Shout out to Allison, uh, Max's fiance, who's French and hit me to this line. Because it's a good icebreaker because they'll laugh at you, but they'll also respect it. Um, and then they just speak English like they're from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of respecting things, James. Uh, I think teams around the league, 29 teams around the league, are going to have to respect that two-man chemistry between Cade Cunningham and Jalen Duren after seeing some of those clips that surfaced because this is not, while this is not a podcast that will get overly excited about uh, grainy footage from any run. But this is substantial. This isn't a, yeah, this isn't a run in, in, uh, in Atlanta. Right with like three high school kids. Like this is, this isn't the stuff we saw with DeAndre Ayton playing against children. <laughs> We're not at uh, lifetime. This is, yeah, this is the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you can talk about it in a little bit more of a nuanced way, but one of the things that I like to see was those when Jalen gets the ball in the low post and he doesn't know what to do with it, his he's, his arms are so long, the way that he's able to sort of kick it back out and swing it around somebody else who's defending him out and kick it out into the corner, I am really, really, really excited to see that uh, for my basketball team. Well, I think those like obviously I've I've watched every second of JD's career up close and personal. You've watched every game, so like people around here know how smart of a player JD is. Uh, but like what I learned see, hearing Anthony Edwards talk about him and say like he even said like I don't think people know how smart of a player he is. So like those guys are starting to catch on, and I think that the Pistons will utilize his his intelligence and his passing ability a lot this year. Um, yeah, I heard that. He was dominant in that first game, the first scrimmage J.D. was. Um, I've heard he's been consistently good throughout the whole week, uh, which is great to hear, right, if you're a Pistons fan because not only is he super young, um, but there are some young big men there that 
people are very, very high on Triple J. You can make the case the best defender in the league. Uh, Evan Mobley. A lot of people love Walker Kessler like he's the next coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which I still don't understand. I think he's good and he's fine. Uh, but, like, yeah, it sounds like Duran has held his own, more than held his own. And then Cade, uh, I mean, Joe Varden, my coworker at The Athletic, is out there for us in Vegas, and he's written two Cade stories about how well Cade is. It sounds like he's been one of the best two, three players out there. So um, I think my biggest takeaway with the Cade stuff is, I mean, everybody's talking about, like, how much bigger he looks. I've been trying to show you guys and, and say that for months now. Like, that's that's a thing. It's, I'm sure people are – it's different when you see it in action, right? Um, so people have kind of been able to verify, quote-unquote, that, I guess. Um, but also for me, it's like how quickly he's acclimated to five-on-five five is a great sign. He, I don't know. To my knowledge, it wasn't that long ago. He, I think he just got cleared within the last month or so. Hmm. Um, so – there's that, and then there's also the – this is the big one, right? So I, I think it should be remembered. Well, first of all, again, similar to J.D., those of us who have watched every second of Kate's career know how good Kate is. I understand out of sight, out of mind when it comes to people who aren't fans of the Pistons, right? But um, when it comes to Kate – sorry, one second, I need to close my vent. Okay, I will just uh, pick up. Okay, no, I'm back. Okay, that was quick. It's just I got long wingspan, seven nine wingspan. Um, When it comes to Cade, and I think the most important takeaway for me out from reading the story that Joe Varden did, texting people who are out there to get more information, I think it's important to remember, and I tweeted this that Cade of anybody that's out there, all the players that are currently on the U.S. The big boy team and the select team, Cade was the most heralded prospect going into his respective draft than any of them. You talk to scouts, evaluators, Sam Vecini, who I work with, is who I think is the best non uh team or uh team hired evaluator out there, said that he that Cade would go number one pretty much in every draft going into the draft uh, of the last few years sans the Wimby draft, right? So I think it's important to remember that because I think people forget that or they're not hip to that. Like people saw Cade as like a can't-miss prospect. So the fact that he's out there, and again, we've seen the potential start and we've seen the stuff he's done. We've heard KD drool, see KD drool over him, Jokic say nice things about him, Giannis say glowing things about him. Like we, if you're around and you know, you know, right? But for for the national, the first kind of national, well, the first real national um, reintroduction to Cade, obviously the fat fake fat photos don't count. The national reintroduction to Cade is him dominating or playing very, very well out with the Olympic team. So I think it should be remembered that they drafted him to be a star. He has star potential, even if those outside of Detroit or who don't follow the Pistons haven't really been paying too much attention. It's We've seen bits and pieces. It's been evident. But, like, the fact that he's doing what he's supposed to do as a guy who was considered a can't-miss prospect going into his draft, like, that's the encouraging sign. Like, the Pistons need him to be a star. And if he's outshining in that setting, which obviously isn't all the best players in the world, 
but it's a lot of really good ones. There's a lot of top 30 players that are out there, right? And for the Pistons to go where they need to go, he needs to be a top 2010 player. So to, for him to outshine a lot of those guys is a positive sign for exactly what the Pistons, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly what the Pistons need um, from him. And it just kind of reaffirms, again, those who have watched every second of his career, like, I'm not surprised that he's the best, that he's been one of the best three players out there. I'm not. Well, one of the first things that people picked up on, like you said, is how much he's filled out. I think Reddit had, Reddit had a lot of fun with that one. I think if it if it doesn't make you feel good to see, you know, how much weight he's put on in a good way, at least, not in the chonk funny way. Um, if it doesn't make you feel good seeing that, if it doesn't make you feel good seeing that Team USA was like, hey, we, Cade, we want you to basically just play the Luka role. Like, that's all we want you doing with Jalen Duran out there, right? To prepare and they for- wanted him on the big boy team and he said and he said no joint the third point right for pulled the rug oh, out sorry. right from I'm under sorry. me go ahead if the, sorry, if those ahead. two things don't make you feel good then it should make you feel great that Cade was explicitly asked to be on the the FIBA roster and he was like no I want to be on that Detroit calendar he's like I want to make sure that I'm all right first and that I'm going to be all right for my real teammates and that I can be, you know, with those guys in the city doing whatever I need to do on their calendar, not on the U.S.'s calendar. That feels awesome. I mean, there is kind of the part of you that's like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been sick if Cade had gotten away with playing like 30 games and still made a national team? That would have been pretty cool. Or if you just said, I'm going to go play. And like, if you're a Pistons fan, he just like puts your, like, he just, Pistons Cade Cunningham is the best player yeah. at the yeah right so but I also I think what you just said is kind of gone under the radar locally right like he's the number one pick a few just a few years ago who feels like he's been overlooked has something to prove not that he's been overlooked but he has something to prove still like he understands he's missed time and all that stuff but his goal is to be that dude he wants to make sure he can be that dude for the Detroit Pistons right I don't think enough people locally really internalize that. Agreed. Because if they did, and I know young Pistons fans, they would be like, like Kate, like he already has a mural down the street from me. <laughs> like he would, like they, it would be, they would change the name of this city, right? So I think that's important. And how, I think it's important that he's made it known how important it is for him to be as, he doesn't care about going to, playing on the u.s team and shining and 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 being this guy right now he cares about what he can provide to the pistons and uh for a guy that well, again was just the number one pick not too long ago has been out of the spot out of the spotlight to willingly not go into the spotlight uh so he can he can help out the team that drafted him and believed in him at number one i think i mean again i've said it before he's one of the the best guys in terms of like personality and how smart he is just like that I've covered. Like I, I enjoyed talking to Cade about basketball and not basketball. Uh, but I think that just kind of cements it for people, just kind of what kind of dude he is. Right. James, what do you say? We take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, now, good news, bad news. This is the part of the podcast where usually we do not have the foresight, the presence of mind to say, hey, unfortunately, we're going to shift gears here and move away from the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, this is how we end up like speaking about like Wayne Corbett for 20 minutes. But I'm letting everybody know now that's the plan. You got 15 minutes. Unfortunately, like that's it. That's all we got today. So James sent out a mailbag tweet for non-basketball related questions. So usually we go off the I can't sit here and act like finally we get to go off the rails because we do it every week, but it's we're going to we're embracing the off season. We're going full off-road potting for the next 30 yes. minutes. I'm actually excited for this. Okay. Let's let's start off with a bang. Okay. Uh, I haven't looked. I haven't like obviously. I set the tweet set the tweet out. I haven't looked at any of the questions, so I'm excited. From Preston, what is the official BNC take on aliens? Talk to me. Do you want? I th- I feel like you have a spiel, so I'll go first. Yeah, I do. Go ahead. I think it's ignorant to think. Do I think aliens look like we've been? taught that they look like through movies and uh television and and media and and entertainment no this is not also this is not like some like media conspiracy thing. yeah is this sourced i'm media no this is me saying like i don't think it is how it's been portrayed in hollywood i think it's ignorant for us to believe that we are the only things out there in, in this galaxy that is absolutely enormous and we don't even know where it ends uh i think aliens are how do i say this i think there are what do you know i think we live i think we live with them they're amongst us i think they're amongst us i don't like i'm not saying like i think like like Donald Trump's a lizard, like that type of alien. I'm talking about like like Illuminati. Spirit, you don't think that's real in spirit form? Okay, <laughs> like in spirit form. Um, I also, but I also do think that there are other living creatures of substantial size on other planets in other galaxies. Like, it, there's just no way we're the only thing. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, mathematically it's just like impossible. My thing, I think I think what this guy's going for is he's trying to get us to dig at the congressional hearing that they just did with David Grush and all those Air Force guys. Do you know about this? Yeah. I I'm I'm a little hip, yeah. Okay. I was watching this live, dude. That's like how into it I was. I was like I woke up and I was scrolling through YouTube and I saw like, ooh, congressional hearing. Like it's getting underway about UAPs and stuff. And I was like, let's check this out. And it was wild because I didn't know it was happening. But a few months ago, when David Grush was on his like PR tour and he was doing all these interviews and podcasts or whatever, he was talking to all these people. I was like, this guy sounds decently credible. I like to think, right? And at the time, you have all of these people being like, yeah, just give it a few months. They're going to testify. It's going to be pretty wild. 
And then a few months later, David Grush walks out and he's talking to Congress. And I was like, okay, let's hear what this guy has to say. And it's one of those things, I agree with everything that you just said, but it's one of those things to me that I think if you showed the American public and you said, hey, here's a live feed of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Look, there's an alien. Look, we have him. He's right there. He's on your screen. That's a real alien. Look, you're looking at him. Look, that's his little spaceship. You're looking at him. I don't think people would care. I really, really don't think people would care because I don't. I disagree. I disagree because I just saw, I just watched a clip of 50 people standing across the street as LeBron James is eating dinner. That's different. People would hunt down this alien. People are weird. Yeah. It's, it's a little, you know what bothered me? Can I give you a, here's something. Here's what bothered me about the congressional hearing more than anything. It's that Mitch McConnell is such a pick me girl that we have this historic two-hour hearing about UFOs and UAPs and information that is, like, genuinely shocking. And then at the end of that, Mitch McConnell decides that it would be funny if he had a stroke and couldn't talk for, like, 30 seconds and then creates a huge... And he's like, look, now the day's about me. It's about Mitch McConnell. I hate that guy. But it was a pretty funny clip, though. Pretty good bit. And I think an alien inserted himself into... Whoa, that sounds crazy. Pause. I think an alien, yeah. I think an alien jumped into Mitch McConnell, and that's the reason he froze. If anyone's an alien, right? Uh, there's some other people I'd put higher up, but yeah. Who's more ready to win the Premier League? Battle of London, Tottenham or Chelsea? This is from Nathan. Tottenham. We got a few We got a few PL questions. You want to just burn through them real quick? We can go if you want to mix them up. We we got let's I'd say we go forty five minutes. So we got another twenty five minutes of questions. Let's do it. Will the Spurs sell Harry Kane to Bayern Munich? No, <laughs> I think that was I think. Uh, well, I read something today. We posted a story in the Athletic, the the great David Ornstein, uh, that Bayern's last bid was still twenty five million short of uh, Tottenham's evaluation of Harry Kane. So I think. I think we go to the January transfer window with them. Hope things go well. Hope we can convince them to resign. That's where I'm at. Do you think Saudi Arabia will make a play? This is from Maximus Grace. Do you think Saudi Arabia will make a play on other sports like they did on golf? Baseball, football, hockey, basketball, etc. Basketball has to be the next frontier for them, no? Yes, it is the most global game in America. So, yes. Wait. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the most global game where? Like of the American major sports. Oh, oh, okay. It's the most internationalized American sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's let's spend a quick two minutes on this. Andre Drummond is probably the first big-name player to take that contract, right? Still in his sort of – he's in his – what, he's 29. He's 30 years old. Like, he's still got juice in the tank. Like, Dwight Howard, I think, is in – I think he's going to chill and – like Shanghai or wherever he is. I think he's good. But I'm, I'm just trying to spitball players like who do we think would go? Andre Drummond would 100% get offered a contract and he's taking $150 million a year. Uh, I don't – so my – with all due respect to Andre, who's um, nice guy, really nice guy. I, I think if the if Saudi's coming for to make a splash, they're not going to start. They got to make a splash. They got to get. 
But who would actually go? Who would be the first name to do it? Like, I don't like D'Angelo Russell. Do you think he would? No, you got to think bigger than that. They're going to give somebody like. But they wouldn't go. It ha- Why not? If him, if kill- money talks, man, it doesn't guys, though, because I mean, killing Mbappe just turned down a billion and a half. Well, that's different type of money. <laughs> if you can kill, look kill at and Mbappe oh, makes different type of money, bro. If you can look at a one-year contract where you will make tenfold anything you will make the rest of your career and say no, then what are we talking about? If the best player in the world, by some accounts, won't take that contract, Devin Booker's not going. Luka Doncic so you, isn't but going. But then, but then when that when that contract was offered, did you see LeBron and like Dame Lillard and those guys like say like like they were astonished? Like they sound like they would take it. You know, you think they're bluffing? They are. Of course, they're going to say that. I actually think if my my vote would be somebody like Dame. <laughs> like that's the kind of splash they would need. I got one. I got one. I got it. I know who it is. This You're is going to say like. Who? This is the most Xavier Williams. This is the most high-profile player I think that Saudi Arabia could get. Julius Randle. Actually, I think like Russell Westbrook would be one. That doesn't. That's the big, same tier. Big enough internationally. Oh, no, you he's just. Not. Oh, you just mean. You just mean from the brand perspective, Russell yeah. Westbrook as a guy. Yeah, I mean, sell tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. If they offered us a podcasting contract, what are we doing? Oh, <laughs> athletic! I love you. If I get, if I get, if I get eight figures to go pod about the Saudi league, and I'll break my contract. Like I'm, I'll break. I'll get a lawyer. I'm breaking contract. I'm sorry if I get eight figures to go pod about the Saudi league. I could be bought for get a lawyer and be sued. I could be bought for five figures. I had to do math. Oh, 99? Yeah, no, I could not. I couldn't do five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do five. Well, you don't need to do that. You wouldn't. That would, that would, you'd be taking a hey, pay cut. Stop, 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 stop. Next question. A lot of SummerSlam takes or, or questions for you. I got to say, is Logan Paul, like, did he find his, is, is he, is he a good wrestler? He's actually really good. Okay. Talk I to was, us. there are some people who would say that, so he had the first match. Let me set the table really quick. Let me explain to people. Um, so I went to SummerSlam in Detroit on Saturday. Had a blast. I am not. I have not watched. I watch wrestling almost every day, but it's my era of wrestling. The WWE Network, bought by Peacock, they have every Raw, every SmackDown, every pay per view loaded into there. So I am a wrestling. I'm a wrestling historian, but like my, I grew up watching wrestling from like the age of five to like the age of like right before college like so from like 97 to like 2010 like I can tell you every single thing you need to know about anything big wrestling fan I I collect wrestling vintage tees like I love wrestling I love my era of wrestling the new stuff's too PG it's too fan excuse me gosh I still have my we're recording before 10 a.m. I still have my sexy voice um the new era of wrestling is just not for me. It's too safe, too PG. There's no characters. They all kind of look the same, and they all go by their all real names. It's just like government weird. names. Yeah, it's just there's no canes. There's no uh, there's no 
well, I guess Sting still wrestles, but there's no like gold dust. Like I need like I need the shock and all. But I I've been to pay per views as a kid, and I know that what that atmosphere is like. And SummerSlam is like the second to WrestleMania. It's the biggest, the second biggest pay per view that WWE does. So got hooked up with some tickets, went, um, had a blast. Uh, I'll actually watch Raw on Monday. I'm, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna see if I can get back into it. I'm gonna try, especially the summer. There's nothing much going on. I'm gonna try to get back into it. Um, so I. So what was the question? Because I had to set the table for my wrestling background. Uh, sorry, it was kind of like the premiere. Like, there's just a lot of people wondering your thoughts on on SummerSlam. Oh yeah, you asked about Logan Paul. Oh yeah, and Logan Paul. So, as somebody who has watched a lot of wrestling in his life, Logan Paul is a good wrestler. He feeds into the bad guy. The heel, as we call it in wrestling, uh, the heel character very well, uh, but he's good in ring. People would say he he wrestled a guy named Ricochet in the opening match, and they some people would probably say that was the best like technical wrestling match um, of the night. Uh, but he is really good uh, in the ring and plays the bad guy very well. I was surprised. I still I don't know enough about him and his brother. I know everybody hates him. I don't pay attention to those guys really, but. Uh, yeah, he's he's really good at what he does. And then it looks like he went to his brother's fight that night. Like, he must have flew out right after the flight. Did Nate Diaz? Or after his match. I'm assuming Nate Diaz won. No. Did Jake Paul? Jake Paul won. What? Yeah. Yeah, but people were saying, like, Nate Diaz was drunk or something. I don't know. Oh, okay, I, I'll have to look into that. I don't, pay t- I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't do the Paul stuff. Do some independent research on that one. Uh, from Bobby Bishop, beat writer three-on-three tournament. By team, by the way, by team, by NBA team. Okay, so you can have Tim Cato, Eric Name, those guys. Which two Detroit beat writers would you play with? Which other team would give you the most competition? So I, it has to be a beat writer for the Pistons or anywhere in Detroit. I think if it's anywhere in De- if it's anywhere in Detroit, we w- I we we win. Yeah, let's just. It'd be me. Go ahead. Any any team me, in Detroit. Me, Eric Woodyard, and Dave Burkett. Okay. We would beat any three on three in the country. Dave Burkett, who covers the Lions for the Free Press, is nice. Okay. Eric Woodyard, who covers the Lions for ESPN from Flynn as well, nice. Me, come on, nice. We would we would beat any. There's not. So the best I haven't played with a ton of writers basketball. The ones I have played with who are good, Tony Jones in Utah. Uh, I haven't played with Jay King, but Jay King played like D2 or D3 basketball. I've heard he's good. Um, Eric Nem is good. And really? Yeah, I was I was shocked too. Yeah, I played ball with Eric in Milwaukee. He's, he's nice. Hmm. Um, that's all I've played with. So I, but nobody has a three that matches that three in any city of beat writers. Now, if it's you're asking me just Pistons. We're in trouble. I love you, Omari. Well, just take uh, Bryce at that point you, by proxy. Yeah, but that's been in the rules. He's not a. He's, he's not. A, he's not on a beat. He's not a beat, right? Yeah. Uh, Mike would be dog food. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we would. Uh, we would. I'd have to score fifty every night. Do you remember when Rod was on the pod and uh, I th- first of all, I think he had COVID when he was on the show, I think. On our show? Yeah, because remember he was doing it from his car? 
Oh, yeah. And I remember the funniest thing, and it's not on video, so unfortunately nobody will ever be able to experience it. But one of the funniest things that's ever happened on the show is when <laughs> Rod joined the Zoom. This is Rod Beard, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. When he joined the Zoom, like everything around him was dark, but he was in the car. And then it was like a he was like Jesus. Like, I don't know if you remember this. Like the way that like the, the, <laughs> no, I don't. the light behind him like transferred to the front of his face in the most like cinematic way after he joined the zoom as if to say like it's rod beard and i've joined the pod it was the most I've like yeah, yeah it was the most like mythical thing and i think was that the last guest no i think isaiah stewart i no. think was the last guest we had no we've had guests since then no shot that was a hundred that was the hundredth episode like we haven't a, had a we have yeah when was the hundredth episode a it year ago summer a year ago in august we haven't had a guest since then? I don't think so. Because hmm. right, after maybe. we did Stu, there was another player you were thinking about getting, and then we it just didn't materialize because it's the off season. You know how it goes. And then I don't think we've done – maybe we did like – no, Johnny was in the spring because that's – I still won't listen to that episode because I was embarrassed. I thought about right, doing well, it recently, well, but I I couldn't do it. Should, we, should I bring Vinny back? we get Vinny for next week? That'd be fun. Yeah, we could do that. All right. Or should I get a player? Well, okay. I I like teasing. I let's tease. Let's 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 get Vinny. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll just get a player and not tell anybody one day. We'll just drop the pod. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay. Who made the first move on your friendship? You or Nick? Talk to us, James. Give us a history lesson. I mean, technically technically you when you and your brother had the pod and you guys asked me to be on and that's how we started like interacting. But it was, if we're talking about like what it's become today, it was me. You're close. You're close on the timeline here. What happened before even we asked you to come on our podcast? What, well, I guess I don't, I can, I did I quote tweet one of your videos and say, this is hilarious. Well, two things that actually did happen. And I have it right here. And I was actually going to send this to you the other day because I found this on accident. This is from, De send it to me. I don't, or read, I'm going to read it out loud. December okay, 18th, 2019. We didn't at this point, the pod isn't started for another 14 months at this point. So 14 months removed from the pod. No, three years. No, the pod started in January of 2021. Oh, I thought it was 22. Nope. We've done two years of pods. We've a done year and a half. Two years. A year and a half. Yeah. No. Yes. You said 21. Oh, my God. It's 2023. We've done. It's 2023. So we did. Oh, oh, I'm January. sorry. Yes. Yes. Two and a half years. Yes. I'm sorry. Sheesh. I didn't realize. I thought it was a year and a half. All right. Sorry. Read the tweet. Uh, you quote tweeted one of my postgame recaps and you said, if you're a Pistons fan, Nick does some hilarious, smart postgame videos, recommend you checking them out. And I remember that vividly because I was like, holy smokes, verified, blue check, big guy, beat reporter on the block, quote tweeting me. I was like, Buddha's son quote tweeting me and my Stop. videos. I was like, wow. And then uh, after there was uh, one of the Pistons Twitter bracket challenges, uh, it was after I won James and the Blake Griffin stuff happened and the Luke Kennard stuff happened and Boban and Tobias and all that stuff. Uh, you had reached out to me and said that the athletic might want you to look at doing a pod and you had asked if I would be interested in that. And then it didn't materialize for like nine months. Uh, but we did it. 
we did it. And then my brother and I uh, were doing a podcast at the time called the Motown Rundown. Uh, he ended up getting a, a job with Barstool, which he is still at. Um, and so we had to stop doing the pod, but he was like, I don't want you to have to stop podcasting. He's like, reach out to James and you guys can do that. And then I did. And then boom, we started doing the show. And then we made the most fire, fire promo video in, uh, in podcast history. I don't think I, to this day, and I've, I, I say this from time to time that like one of my favorite things about James you do say this all. I know where you're going with this. Is if I get a FaceTime from him out of the blue, I already know what it is, and he just wants to show me a beat. And it's always funny because of just how excited he is when he picks up the phone or when I pick up the phone. But I say that just to say when James had this idea for the promo video, I was we were downtown. My girlfriend and I were downtown like just running errands, and you were like, you need to call me right now. And I was like, <laughs> Why? And so I barely, I didn't even know you that well. No, 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 not at all. Like not really at all. And that is kind of wild to think if we look back when we started the show, we really didn't know each other that well. No, we didn't, but we had, we had, there was a chemistry there when we did do things. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. why I knew it would make sense. Yeah. And I'm walking down Michigan Avenue and James is like walking me through this idea. And all of a sudden I just go, Oh, and I'm like yelling on this and everybody's like looking over. My girlfriend's like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah, it was an awesome idea. We went home like immediately shot it. I think it was uh, your sister edited it. I think she edited it. Yeah. My sister works in works in the filming industry. She actually lives in Chicago. Yep. We actually Um, each both now have siblings that live in Chicago. My brother now a Chicago resident. And well, yeah, you live in Chicago, too. Um. Yeah, that, I haven't watched that video in a while. Like, it was cool because it was like the only reason people knew what it was is because we both tweeted it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but like we didn't show our faces until the reveal at the end. I need to go back and watch it. It's been a while. New uh, new question here. What uh, what do you guys make your beats on, Nick? You look like an Ableton user. James seems like a Logic kind of guy. What do you use? He's correct. I use I use Logic. He's correct. That's right. I I really appreciate the Ableton bump because you use GarageBand because I still use GarageBand. So I really really love that some people are like, are you using like FL Studio? Like, what are you like? What do you do? It's like no, using GarageBand still for the last ten years. Because here's the thing, ten years ago when I started to use GarageBand, and it was like some of the like presets and stuff that they had was still they were still considered new and cool to an extent they were getting phased out but when i was you know 15 and like kind of starting to be like this is really interesting like this world is really interesting to me that like wave hadn't hit howl yet that had not hit my high school the way that it has hit the country now where like now every 15 year old is like yeah i I cook a little beats cook a little beats what i cook up some beats you know every you know from time to time like every kid wants to do that I can count, and we had a big high school. I can count on one hand how many kids were making beats. Like, people weren't. So I just was like, GarageBand is easy, and it's free. Um, so I just sort of became proficient in that. And then any time I would try to branch out, it was like, I don't believe in myself enough to want to learn another you know, piece of software. It's like, I know GarageBand, and I, I'm just going to stick with it. Because it's not like I'm... I'm not like trying to produce actual stuff. I'm just doing it in my free time just for fun, you know. Same. It's obviously same. Um 
Yeah, like I've been like messing around with beats since I was like 12. I grew up in the era where it was like minimal internet to like the internet like popped off. So like I remember me and my boy Sam, who I've mentioned on the pod before, he was Megan Stallion's manager for a while and Meek Mill's manager. There was a website, Bacardi, the drink, had like a a a website where you could make a beat on their website. Mm. We used to do that all the time. There was only like 20 preset sounds, but we'd make beats on that all the time. And then I reconnected with some buddies that I played AAU with when I was like 14, when I played AAU with them from like 10 to 11. Uh, and one of them raps now. Uh, he actually has him. He actually has a song to our intro pod. Our, our intro beat, Louis V Opticals, yep. Siggity. Shout out to Siggity. Check out Siggity on your streaming platform. Tropical. There's a couple Louis of, V Optical. Optical. Young Tropical Louis V Opticals. Uh, yeah, check out Siggity, S-I-G-I-D-Y, on your whatever you stream. There's a couple. He has a couple songs over my beats. Uh, and they use Fruity Loops, so I used Fruity Loops early on. And then I like stopped making beats for a while. Got back to Flint. Met Kalen. Shout out to Spida who made beats. He used a, <clears throat> a program called Jam Glue. Wow. You remember Jam Glue where not... you could take an instrumental and then you could take an acapella and you could make like your own songs? Yeah. So he used to mess around. He used to mess around with Jam Glue and that's how we became friends. And then he made, he was also making beats. He's made beats for John Connor. Um, if you're familiar with you and I on the West Coast, he's he has a couple of like solid placements. He's from Flynn as well. Um, so then like I got back into making beats around then. And then like now I just like do it in the summer for like to pass the downtime. It's just, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I have like a little keyboard that I can connect to logic. So like I use software, but I use hardware to make the beats. I'm I, as far as like the industry standard stuff goes, I'm that way when it comes to video editing software, like I don't want to have to use like movie maker or well, actually if windows movie maker was still a thing, I would definitely use it. Cause it was a fun little tool. Um, iMovie's pretty good. iMovie, I mean, I'm not it's the okay. Most, yeah, I'm not. I'm not the most uh, it, it, like a uh, savvy or the most knowledgeable. I shouldn't say it. It's good for what I would ever need it for, I guess. And I don't know how deep it goes if you have it on like an actual MacBook. I do not have that. I only have it on my iPhone, where it's like not that great. So you know, yeah. pr- Premiere is going to be. I mean, that is industry standard. Um, uh, the one that I've been tooling around with a lot recently, just because it's free, is DaVinci. Um, a little bit, there's a lot of latency in it though, but, uh, Premiere is definitely the one that I have no business using for a lot of the content that I make, like my YouTube videos. I have no business paying like $75 for that software. Uh, cause all I'm doing is like these like quick little jump cuts. Like I don't need that. I could use iMovie for that, but I do not. James, let's move on to another question. Can we take a break? Can we take a break real quick? Yeah. Let's take a quick break, get a word from a sponsor, and then we'll answer some more questions. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, this one comes to us from Matt. Which non-basketball Detroit franchise could you walk into and turn it into a championship contender yearly? I got two takes for you. Like as a player or as a GM? As a GM, come on. Oh. Were you going to answer that as a player? Go ahead, give us that one. What were you going to say? I don't know. As a GM, sneaky, think about this one. Detroit FC. Because I'm just putting in a bid for Messi and Mbappe. I'm I'm buying it. I'm, what's David Luiz doing? David Louise doing what's Tim Howard doing David Louise uh making money on broadcast all right well if you're going there because you want so is the I think I could convince I have a theory I guess I'll share I haven't shared my theory on here my friends Max and, and Colton and them will tell me not to share this on the pod but I'm going to I have a theory you ready mm-hmm the Tigers are going to sign Otani. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Miggy's off the books. Illich is tired of being hated. Tigers need to turn the corner. He's going to break the bank for Otani. I don't think... I have. I have I've heard nothing. I know... I have little inside tidbits on all the sports teams in the city because obviously I, my friends cover them like I cover the Pistons, so they have inside tidbits on the Pistons. I, I this is not an inside tidbit thing. This is just a gut feeling. That guy's gonna and and hopeful thinking that or hope, wishful thinking. He's going to get a contract that starts with the number seven, okay? As it should, and he should every penny, but. Seven hundred fifty million dollars from the Dodgers versus seven hundred fifty million from the Tigers. Who is he picking? I don't know, man. But he I also do. Has I do. I, I'm just telling you, I do know, and it's not Detroit. I don't know that to be fact because I know there's a there's there's a thing in his culture. Like there's a reason I, I learned this recently. There's like a thing in his culture why he won't go to Seattle. He doesn't want to overshadow Ichiro, right? Yeah. Didn't the Dodgers have Hideo Nomo? I, 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 I don't know. He's not on the same level as Ichiro, but, like, I don't know, man. That's just my gut. I don't know how we got here, but I'd pick the Tigers because I think I could convince Illich into spending. Well, you could take that job. I'll, just show, him t- I'll just show him tweets of people talking about him. I don't think – I don't think uh, – what's the president's name? Scott Harris. The, I don't think Scott Harris is showing him tweets. I, I, could get, I could get Illich pissed off. Well, that's what I'm saying is you could technically take that job tomorrow because Scott Harris is just keeping the seat warm. He's not even he's just GM until he hires a GM. Technical difficulties back to back episodes unheard of here at the Bun and Cardigan show presented by The Athletic. James, let's get to another question. Had to cut a whole WNBA spiel right there. It's actually pretty good. Would have involved Elena Deladon coming to the Detroit Shock, but it fell into the void. Nobody will ever hear that tangent ever. 
That's too bad. We'll leave that for the cutting room floor. Yeah. Okay. From Gutted Pistons Fan. How do you feel about collecting basketball cards as a long-term investment? Bro. All right. So I've recently, like, so, again, similar to the wrestling spiel, I collected sports cards, primarily basketball, football, and hockey, from, like, the age of five until, like, 15. Like, I have my mom's garage. My mom's getting ready to move to Florida. She's cleaning out, like, her house or whatever. Just found thousands and thousands of cards. I need to go through them. But I have some stuff with me here in Detroit. Like, I have, I'm actually, after we pod, I'm going to a card store to see if he thinks my LeBron has, my LeBron Fleer Tradition rookie has a chance to be, like, a at least a PSA 9 or 8. Because if it's going to be an 8, I'll get it, I'll get it graded. But I have some stuff here, like my, I have, like, my Sean Livingston, all, I have, like, 10 Sean Livingston rookies, jersey card signature like that stuff's not worth anything but i have like a kobe rookie to answer your question i've just recently like started like watching videos and like reading about like i know during the pandemic it just like skyrocketed like sports cards like absolutely and pokemon pokemon too and pokemon and all that stuff right so like it sounds like it is a sound investment if now the boxes that you the the price of the boxes you have to buy to hit something that makes it worth it is like astronomical. Like I think to get like something that may hit you six figures, a card that may hit you six or seven figures, you have to spend like $3,000 on that specific, like that type of box or like $300 on that type of box. I'm, I'm still like learning about it. Um, but it sounds like you have to like, take out a whole new credit card and like hope that you hit it's obviously it's gambling right you're it's a risk uh but it sounds like there are a good amount of cards out there that get to the mid to high five figures and six figures and seven figures um if you have the means to do it i think it's a great thing to do uh if you just like collecting and need some type of hobby i think it's i think there's ways to do it without breaking the bank uh, I'm a yeah, I'm a fan. I I support it. I you just got to know your limit, right? It's like gambling. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know theirs because there's not really good language surrounding gambling right now. It's got to be my least favorite thing about uh, basketball YouTubers right now, sports YouTubers in generals in general is their willingness to partner. And I want to say something crazy here because I know we have some sponsors for the show. But okay, from Lazarus Jackson. Whoa, Laz. big Laz checking in. I got to tell you, here's how I know if we if we had a good pod and if I had a good take in a pod. The order of events that has to occur is you physically on the show will say that was a good take or that was funny or, you know, some variants of that. And then I will make a mental note that's like, okay, so at that point in the pod, when the show releases tomorrow, I have to wait for texts. And if, if I get a text from Laz and I get a text from Matthew about that point – then it was a good show, and it was a funny thing that I said, or it was a good take that I said. Laz mm-hmm. has texted me twice in the last month about something that has been said on this show, so we're on a heater. That's how I know the show is in a is in a good spot. The only time that the stars have ever aligned and all three happened, where you said something, Laz says said something, and my brother said something, was the Eric Spolstra for Dame take. 
that was the most feedback I ever got <laughs> on a take that I had on the show. Uh, but shout out to Laz. He says, when the Lions hype train derails, how many expletive-laden texts is Nick sending at 4 p- 4.15 p.m. on a Sunday? Now, here's the thing about me. Millions. No, 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 no. Here's the thing about me. And I honestly, like, ha, ha, yeah, millions. But I think you're going to agree with this. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who's better at sending one text, maybe it'll be two texts, letting the person reply, harding their response, or like exclaiming it, you know, like doing the little reaction thing, and not responding. I'm really good at getting like a quick interaction in, and then I'm out of there. You are. You are. I agree. Like, I'll text you, and I'll be like, I'll be like, damn, was Raja Bell like pretty good nice yeah and you'll just be like yeah he was good and i'll heart it and i won't respond and then like three hours later i'll be like well i'd be like he was fine but yeah you'll yeah. be like he was okay you'll be like relax and then yeah. <laughs> that's what you'll hit me with <laughs> relax <laughs> that's what you'll say uh when it derails though i don't know i mean i don't think it will i i mean that's i really don't think it <laughs> well, will that's exactly what what you just said is the reason last sent this oh i see you have blind faith for an organization that has done nothing, has brought you no joy other than hope, other than optim, fake optimism. That's but you're, what all the Lions fans are. But you're just the 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 inverse of that. You're just the exact opposite. But I think I think my this is gonna be controversial. I think my emotions are more normal. <laughs> in this in the, <clears throat> in this situation, like I have. Like Tottenham is the way you are with the Lions is the way I'm, I am with Tottenham. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that like I'm not a fanatic for like a, a team. I just draw the line. At, if you, I'm 31 years old, um, and like I don't, I'm not asking like for much. Like I've just asked for like a playoff win in my lifetime, and I haven't got it. Like I think I'm, I think I'm okay to have a second team in the NFL, and I think I'm okay to not like if the Lions, if I want to go watch somebody else. Or if I want to like go to the pumpkin patch on Sunday while the Lions are playing, I'm gonna do that because I've given that team hours, years, days, sweat, tears, canceled plans to watch them for only them to absolutely do nothing positive in my lifetime. So are you gonna instead in the one year where things could go right, are you gonna I've be heard the guy that before? No, but are you gonna be the guy who goes to the cider mill? Who goes to Spicers instead of watching the? Yes. You're not. I'm not, emo- I'm not emotionally attached to the Lions anymore. I, I, I'm going to watch. I'm going to root for them. I want them to do well. If they lose, I can laugh about it. If they win, cool. So, win a, I need a playoff win. Oh, man. that stinks! Boo! That's fine. That's fine. Boo! That's fine. That stinks. So you're gonna reap the rewards if we're good, and if we stink, you're gonna be like, "Ha ha! I told you so." Fam, I've been a Lions fan longer than you were alive. That's because you've been alive longer than me. Exactly. So I'm I just I I feel like it is I am not a fan of people who like just jump off their team and are all set. However, this is the one instance where I think it's acceptable. And it's not just my instance. If any person who grew up a Lions fan wants to have this outlook, I am all on board because They've won one playoff game in 60 years. They're the worst <laughs> franchise in sports history, man. Like, you're not asking for much. You're asking for them to win a playoff game. I'm not, I don't even – the Super Bowl is not even a – like, I can't even fathom the Lions ever winning a Super Bowl. I just want a playoff game, and they haven't done it in 31 years. I'm a, I think I'm allowed to just be detached myself at some point. I think that's a fairly normal thing 
when you gave so much time, sweat, and tears, blood, sweat, and tears to an organization on Sundays, and they do absolutely nothing for you. They've brought you no joy over the years except uh, they draft a guy. There's been a, a f- there were a few Lions questions, so I guess we can just lump them in. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sneaky. Like, I'm not even like win a playoff game. I'm just team win the division. Like, yes, of course, win all of the playoff games, but like win the division, I'm good. That does nothing for me. A home playoff game, but if you lose, they're gonna win it. Right, right, yeah, exactly. I don't right. give a shit. I've I've seen them play in the playoffs in my lifetime. I haven't seen them win one. I've, I don't care about the division. I've seen win what, a playoff game. I've seen three. We lost to the Saints, Seahawks, and then the Anthony Hitchens Cowboys, Cowboys game. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen, like, I've seen more, but like, uh, like I was alive for more. But actually, I don't even know if I was alive. Maybe one or two more. Maybe. Barry's just mythical to you, right? You were like five. Yeah, it's all YouTube and uh, like late career, like very, 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 very faint memories. Yeah, I think, I guess we, maybe we should set the precedent now that like we will be doing lion stuff. We just will be. It will never be first. It will never be first. It will always be at the end of the show. But we are going to be talking about the lions this year. For all intents and purposes. If they're not good, we're not. No, 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 no. If they're not good, we're not. But if okay. if they are the 11 to 12 game team that we're expecting them to be, we then... We spend five minutes, sure. It'll be closer to 10, but yeah. <laughs> if the, Bro, if they go into Arrowhead and it's the beginning of September on a Monday, you're still going to be like, what's going on with the Pistons? Like, you're not. We're going to well, be Pistons talking about be that playing. game. Right. That's what... Well, for the first half of the season when the Pistons aren't playing... Yeah, we're yeah. going to be talking some Lions. Oh, we can talk Lions. Yeah, until the Pistons start. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a really – there are two more that I want to do. Yeah, let's do. Let's do two more and get out of here. And I think one of them is a is a really good one, and I'm, I can't, can't quite find it, so I'm just going to have to try to remember. Here it is from Mr. Woods. What are some good economy sneakers that go with most fits? Looking to get into it, but just entry-level stuff. I think this is a good question. Because the verbiage of economy level sneakers, where it's just like you can throw it on and go, I think that's an awesome mm-hmm. way to phrase it. So I think the first pair that I would go with um, are any of the Adidas, the Yeezy um, uh, power phases, the Calabasas power phases. And I know even hearing the word Yeezy for a lot of people, they're not like Yeezy Yeezys. The Calabasas. I think economy, I think like reasonably priced. Like you're be- wanting to become a sneakerhead, but you don't want to go like crazy. I paid one hundred twenty dollars for my power phases. That's a you know. Okay, okay, that's, that's fine. I, that, I thought there were more. No, I don't no, want to no, really no. shout out Kanye on here, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's I just mean because it's such a it's such a simple shoe, and you can find you know. a pair of like Adidas Sambas, which are like essentially the same thing, just one color, um, for like eighty dollars. So I would just go with that. But go ahead, you can you can take this one. No, I think that's a good pick. Um, so I guess if the question is like you want to like your entry level into becoming a sneakerhead, but like you don't want to pay like you don't want like a, a a heater or a grail, but you just want something that like oh I, I like what's on your feet or whatever, I would probably go dunk. Mm. Different colors, <clears throat> different colors. Most of them on the resale market you can find for like less than two hundred. Um, if you're able to get it for retail, they're hundred hundred and ten dollars. So if your question is yeah like you like entry level sneakerhead I would I would say dunk, um, 
if you're like trying to do more like under 200 for your first pair i would definitely go like yeah the nike regular dunks whether you i always joke on the pandas but you, you can't go wrong with a black and white shoe uh you can get if you're a lions fan you can get a, a royal and white you can get a spartan there's michigan state dunks michigan dunks. well those are a little bit more expensive but um but yeah if you're like trying to spend like 200 to 300 and you're trying to like have like a head turner foams i would i would go no not no i would go night i would go sb dunks thicker thicker tongue they're more more of a skate shoe uh that's a little bit more of a head turner than regular dunks uh if you're yeah in, entry level or if you like it's a practical shoe uh you can wear around um, get a nice pair of ultra boost yeah ultra boost uh new balance 2002 r yep uh 960s so there's options yeah <laughs> this is a quick one you can just give us a yes or no does chris osgood belong in the hall of fame yes <laughs> it's ridiculous that he's not he gets knocked <laughs> because he played on great teams okay <laughs> like what the hell are we talking about all right let's let's end this on a on a on a nice note on a on a philosophical life positive note james are you ready to get in your bag I think from Steven Johnson full government name on display. I like it. That's probably the crazy. That's one thing I learned when I moved to California, when I was living around a bunch of people is how weird some people are about government names. Didn't know that people, some people purposely don't go by government names. Learned about that whole thing. Cause they're actors and actresses. Well, cause I, when I was working with, I was working with LeJethro Jenkins and him and Dragonfly Jones got the pod, and everybody would just call him LeJethro. And one time, because he was just my producer, I was like, hey, John. And everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, what is the big deal? And then I had that whole thing explained to me. Okay. Well, I, I think I think that's because people don't know people. They meet Their introduction to people is their online presence. Yeah. Like, you get called Motown Noah if people see you, right? Yeah, but government name me. Please don't. If I Right, but they might not know. Yeah, some people some people genuinely don't know that yeah. my name is not Noah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So it was just, uh, anyways, it's part of like a because I didn't know him that well at first either. So it's kind of like, really, you're already no, going with John. I'm not. I'm not calling anybody by their Twitter handle. I'm, I'm not, not doing that. I'm just not. Yeah. Shout out to John, amazing guy. Shout out to Jethro Jenkins. Okay, Stephen Johnson. What is a mantra or a life philosophy that you guys go by? And James, I can go first on this one. Uh, it's a really, really simple one. A few years ago, before I moved actually to California, uh, I was in the process of v sort of weighing my options and there were two companies that were pursuing me. And like the weeks leading up to me accepting the position was like every single day I was on a conference call with both companies at different times all throughout the day. And, you know, um, and it was this really overwhelming process of like, I don't know really what I'm even doing here. Cause I've been making content on Twitter for like three years, but the YouTube thing was still very new and it was just kind of snowballing in this way that I don't think anybody expected that it would. And that's why companies were interested. And so I was kind of talking to my brother about it and I was like, I just don't, you know, it's this imposter syndrome. It's like, I don't know what they think I'm going to be able to do. Like not to say I'm not that guy, but at the time I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And my brother's advice to me was, you have to do it to have done it. And 
as easy as that was to say and to receive, it was also really easy to digest because it's like, I'm not going to get anywhere, you know, stressing out over what I can and cannot do. And if this is going to be the right fit for me or not, it's like it ultimately comes down to the only way you're going to know is if you do it. You have to do it to have done it. And, you know, by the end of it, it might be kind of scary, but you put your head down and you get through it. And then you think, whoa, I have that life experience now. And this can, you know, pertain to anything, absolutely anything. Um, some of you are going to be in school. Some of you are, are, you know, starting new jobs out of college and stuff. Um, I don't know. Some of you are, are adults. Maybe you're like, oh, I kind of want to do this kid thing, but I don't really know. It's like, well, you have to do it to have done it. You know, and that's I was I was talking to my mom on the phone, uh, you know, like a month ago or something. And we were talking about kids and she's like, you know, oh, Nick, I don't know if you're ready, blah, blah, blah. I was like, nobody who has ever had kids in the history of the world has been like, we are ready for every possible outcome and we're ready for right. And that's not to say that some people can't be more prepared than other people. There's definitely a piece of that. But the idea Certainly. of like, when are we going to be ready? Never. Just do it. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not encouraging everybody to go out there and start having kids, but you got to do it to have done it. So what's your mantra? You got to do it to have done it. Okay. Did you say that before you just said it? Like six times, yeah. All right. My fault. I was listening to your story and like visioning it. Sorry. Oh, I appreciate um, that. My, mine is pretty simple and it's very like cliche, but I live by this, which is treat people how you want to be treated. Uh, for me, if I don't know you and I've never met you, I'm going to if you've given me no reason at all to hate you, I'm going to, I'll hold the, I hold the door for you. Please. Thank you. I don't care how old you are. Like treat people how you want to be treated. I think the world revolves around like, I'm not like a big energy guy, but like, I do think like what you put into the world, it comes back to you. And I think it's important to like, I think the best character, I think the best way to learn about somebody's character is how they treat somebody that they don't know or how they treat somebody when they don't think people are watching. That to me is like how the sign of a true person's character. So I take that with I take that with the utmost uh, seriousness. Like uh, you just got to treat people nice, man. Just treat people well. Uh, of course, like there, if somebody comes at me in a negative way, like I'll reciprocate that, right? But I'm talking about like if I, there, I have nothing. I have no knowledge of you and. You need me to hold the door for you. You need you me to help you bring something up the the stairs. Like we need more of that in the world. Um, I think that's important. I think it's just healthy for human interaction and human life and human uh, cooperation. Uh, and like I said, I think what you put in, the energy you put in, comes back to you. I believe in karma. So I just always try to treat people with the utmost respect and um. If I don't, even if I don't know you, like treat you as if I know you and uh, give you, make you give me a reason not to like you. Right. So uh, I'm not like very trusting. Like I don't like, I'm not talking about like I would just like let anybody come into my house and they need a place to stay or nothing like that. But I'm saying like out in the street, <laughs> um, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just, it's just the most simple treat people how you want to be treated. I think that it takes you a long way and I believe in karma and, things coming back to you if if you're an ass and when people aren't watching or if you're an ass when people are watching uh 
I, I, I just that's like my biggest pet peeve: people who are just assholes for for no reason, um, or just not kind, or just don't know how to interact with people, or uh, just don't know how to like have like they don't have manners. Like, like listen, I'm a knucklehead. Like if you know me, if you know me, know me. Like I say outlandish things. I'm goofy. I'm a knucklehead. Like not in a bad way. I'm just that's like, love though. That's how you yeah, express right. that. Yeah. Right. But like I like I turn on the you can turn on the not that I'm faking, but there's just certain ways like you just got to know how to act, man. And just like there's certain I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. But yeah, treat people how you want to be treated. And yeah, that's it. That's my big one. How are you with uh, you, you mentioned this a second ago? We've never really talked about this. How are you with letting people come over? Because I'm really weird about it. I, I have never, I don't know what happened to me as a kid where I've been conditioned that the home, my home is not a social space. Yours might be yours arbitrarily, right? If you're my friend and you're like, yeah, you can, you know, you can come over. We can, we can hang out. Like that sounds awesome. And I'll do that. But if you're like, yeah, can we go over to your place? I'm going to be like, no. And just to add to how serious I am about this, my brother was in my apartment a month ago. He has never been in one of my apartments before. It was the first time that he had ever come over, and he was only in here for like an hour. People do not. The hell you hiding? People, nothing. We just have never. We don't like people in our apartment because it's like our space. When I say it's not a social space, I mean it's like we view it as like this is where we go to decompress. This is like our, and I don't think that's healthy, honestly. I, I to the maybe the extent that we take it. Um, I, don't hate, I don't hate it, but we. Like, I don't. I'd rather go to somebody else's house only because, like, I like to dictate when I want to leave. Yeah, uh, that somebody piece else of it comes too. over, like, and I feel bad like kicking them out. You know what I mean? But I mean, like, I've never. Ha- I only have like my close friends over. I've never had just like somebody who's just like an acquaintance over. I never had a kid over at, for like a sleepover at my house when I was a kid. No, a kid never came over. I always went over somewhere else. It's, uh, it's a lot to unpack there. My brother had people over. I never did, though. I was like, no, you cannot come over. This is did you pee the bed or something? I didn't. That's the thing. That's what I mean. I didn't do anything weird. Like, it's not like, you know, like. Well, yeah. pe- let's, let's make it. Peeing the bed, if you peed the bed, is not weird. <laughs> but I know what you mean, yes. <laughs> well, it's like. I don't want to make somebody feel bad if they pee no, the bed. Yeah, they yeah. can't help that. Yeah, they can't help that. Like, you know, everybody has that piece of it where it's like, yeah, I mean, the apartment's a little messy. And, like you know, stuff like that. But it's like, we can clean. Even if the apartment was spotless, you have people come over and clean the apartment. You're not coming over. So I think there's there's a cycle. I think there's like I could play therapist. I was a psychology minor. I Try it. I'm curious. Here. I'm I'm curious. I, it's too deep. Like I don't think that's. I really that. I really got nothing that I would be like. Ooh, I don't want that on the pod. To me, that sounds like you didn't like your home. So I think if there's anything about it. Not like your physical structure. No, 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 no. It was probably more so if there was anything, because I remember I used to always get shit from kids. And, you, and you know, you know how this is with kids. I'm sure you had people in your circles or something where it's like I got made fun of a lot because like my like backpack would smell like cigarettes because, you know, my parents smoked in, in the house. And like mm-hmm. when you're a kid, like I don't care. And I still would right. look back and be like, I don't care. But it yeah. always bothered me when people called me out on it. 100%. So, yeah, a, maybe that's yeah. part of it. Like, I remember there was one. I think that's a big, I think that's a big thing. I think, I don't know. I don't want to get too philosophical because your parents listen, and I'm not 
I'm not a trained doctor, and this is weird to even talk about. So let's just end the pod. They're not going to feel bad. They know. I mean, that's not. I'm not mad at them. I just think it sounds like to me that's like. It sounds like you like I don't want to say embar- like there was an embarrassment thing, but people making fun of you then made you self made you aware of of that and hypersensitive to it, and yeah. you didn't want people to come over. It's like you're not coming over now. Yeah, exactly. You were. I don't want to. Yeah, you were. I'm, I I I could be way off. You ever I'm get not a, again? I'm not trained. You ever get suspended? Uh, yeah, I did for two days. Do you want to? You get into a fight or something? Two days is like a fight suspension. I wouldn't call it a fight. It was a it was a one hitter quitter. This weirdo, <laughs> this one kid named Jermaine Bird. Jermaine, if you're listening to this, actually, he may. Uh, Do we need to Google this? No, something he may have. I don't want to say it because if he didn't, uh, th- anyway. Good call. Middle school. This kid named Jermaine Bird. Uh, it was weird behavior slash like. I don't know. He's a big kid, like probably five at the time again, sixth grade. He's probably like five eight, like shit, like two fifteen. Oh wow, big kid. Yeah. Uh, and I'm using the urinal in the bathroom, and as I'm like uh, peeing, he like pulls me back, like oh. thinks it's funny. <laughs> Luckily, I was like finishing as it as he did it, and I turned around and swung on him. Uh, I think I hit him twice, once in, once in the stomach like an idiot, <laughs> but it did knock the air out of him. Then I hit him in the face. <laughs> With the one and, two. Yeah, I mean, like, I and I was like boxing at that time. Uh, had you zipped like, back up at this point, or are you like? <laughs> I had my underwear on. I had okay. my underwear uh, okay. above me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I yeah I, I hit him twice. And I'm trying to remember if, like, I think a teacher came in and used the bathroom at the same time and, like, separated us. Mm. But I actually, that was, I didn't get in trouble by at home because my, my dad always raised me. He's like, you never, ever start a fight. If you start a fight, I'll, you're in trouble. But if you finish a fight, you're fine. So I never got in trouble for that. Uh, it was, like, either a day or two. I would love, is there, is there like, a dad association or is it just a guy thing that everybody's dad taught them that at some point? It's like a rite of passage. Like, we'll tell our kids that someday. Like, you can just don't be the first one to throw the punch and you're fine. Well, I, I don't know if I subscribe to, to that. That's what If you, somebody – no, 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 no. If, if you're minding your business and some guy comes up and, like, is, like, pushing you or, like, all up in your space, that he's inviting a fight. I don't mm-hmm. want you to get hit first. If nothing's going on, like don't initiate, don't initiate the altercation is what I'm saying. Don't instigate. If it, don't instigate. Don't yeah. So like for example, if you're sitting right there and I got in your face and I'm just like in your face, like, like what's up? What do you want to do? I don't want my kid to be like, wait. My dad said I can't throw the punch first. Let me wait for this guy to knock me out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. 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 I don't want my. You don't. I always internalize what my dad says. You do not initiate the drama you do not create the drama if somebody is bringing that friction to you then you have my permission to react that's where i'm at i don't yeah i'm not i hope my kid does not understand like okay i i i can hit him but he has to throw the first punch because then he might be knocked out (laughs) you know what i mean teach my kid to absorb one punch and then start going after i never i never got into anything like that that one of the funnier things that happened my freshman year 
just in the spirit of like a teacher coming in and like ruining what's going on in the bathroom. It was technically the our faults because it was this kid who I was playing football with. And during like it was like in between periods, he like went into the bathroom, put on a full green man suit and was going to like roller skate at, it, it with Howell. They have uh, there's the main high school building, which is 10 through 12. And then you have a freshman campus. So like your introduction to high school, it's like only freshmen. It's all in one building. And he he was going to skate around the freshman campus just like in the in the halls in this green man suit. And it was going to be really, really funny. The problem was when a bunch of dudes see like 50 dudes piling into the bathroom. I don't know. You assume something's going on. So there was like 50 dudes walking in and out of the bathroom watching him put on this green man suit and these skates to a point where a teacher was like, what's going on in here? And then the kid got he got suspended for like three or four days because of it. Which so seems kind of soft. Wait, are you saying are you saying that's the only time you've ever seen somebody get suspended? No, 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 no. I'm saying just that's a funny thing that happened. I, oh, okay, sorry. Kids sorry. got suspended for for punching other kids because it was it happened all say, the time. But 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 did you not have a lot of fights in high school? Uh, pers- I went to two different high schools. I went to one for my freshman year, and then the, another one for the last three. I remember my freshman year, there was ten fights in a week. We had we had some weeks like that for sure. In middle school, it got pretty bad. In in high school, I think p- people mostly calmed down, but middle school was uh, kind of lawless. My first day of sixth grade, I bawled my eyes out because I couldn't find the stairs to get to my homeroom. That tracks. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna be late for class. I'm no, gonna get no. suspended. I'm gonna get in timeout. They're gonna call my dad, and I'm gonna get a spanking. Literally that. I walked up to it like an aide, and I was like. Can you point me to the stairs? And like, she was like, it's right behind you. And I just had to open a door and I went up the stairs. No way in sixth grade. You're like, ma'am, can you point me to the stairs? I said, can you? And I was, I tried to be so for real. I was like, can you point me to the nearest staircase? I was like trying to be so proper and like, I wanted her to know I was not like these other sixth graders. Like I was serious and I was taking this shit seriously. And then I got to my home. Then a week later you said, this place i'm I'm out of here it's crazy it's no i'm getting on youtube dude it's (laughs) it's wild because in sixth grade i got a c i was i had a 75 in my math class and they were like you need to stay after school this is unacceptable and i look back on that and i was like by 10th grade i had like an 18 percent in geometry and they were like whatever man so i don't know never i never got a c in i was my my parents were strict. I I never got a C in school. I never got a C until college. What class was that? Was it a Gen Ed? Uh, I don't know. It, so it was uh, probably the basketball oh, class, uh, wasn't it? No, hell no. <laughs> until they saw me play the first day and said, "You're fine, just stay home." Uh, I, I science was my worst subject. It just was boring to me. I think it was a science class. I just can't. I couldn't do science. Did you guys have to dissect stuff? Uh, in ninth grade, yeah, we did a we did a sea lamprey in sixth grade. That was pretty bizarre. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those before. Frog. Yeah, we did that eventually. Um, isn't it kind of weird? Like, I don't know how the experience was for you, but like, you know how it worked was like when when we did the frog thing in like ninth grade, 
it's like first hour happens, and then you start to hear kids coming from that class like, oh, you're going to be dissecting a frog today, second hour. And you're hearing about it all day, and then it was like my fifth or sixth hour or something. And I finally get to it, and they it's – They ran out of frogs? No, but it's crazy that like from the teacher's perspective, they're watching this happen for like six or seven hours <laughs> the entire <laughs> day. Yeah, and they have to reteach it at the beginning of every class. Like here's what you're going to do. Like what a – exhausting job i would love to hear from some teachers that we have who listen to the show if you've had to like what is that day like like prepping that many frogs yeah i i also like looking back and i also question like what the hell like what's the point why why do we do that like to me it only creates uh to me it only creates serial killers let's end it on that note or empaths because you're like i never want to harm yeah, I don't kill. Way. I don't kill. I don't kill insects either, except, except mosquitoes. Like if, if I catch a mosquito like sucking the blood out of me, I'll smack it. But like uh, like if a spider is in the house, I set it outside. I don't kill it. I wasn't. Uh, I again. I don't feel like I have the uh, authority to say what should live and not live. That's very humble of you. I have to kill it. millipedes all the time around here because we're a basement level apartment so we just got millipedes running around sometimes those die 100 times out of 100 you are not living you are not surviving if you're looking like a, if you look like that that's insane <laughs> that's fair and people will be like well you could say that you're, I'm contradicting myself because I eat meat and it's like that's fair but I didn't kill it somebody else did so yeah that's just like general naivety though Naive, naivety which is fine no, but i also i want to sympathize with people who don't eat meat for that reason i understand that i don't take it that i just don't like actively kill things <laughs> i try not to i don't i don't yeah. do it with fish i will never i will never keep a fish i will always be catch and release i will always same. be catch and release same biggest fish you ever caught i know you said we'll end the show but I, i'm just curious uh, the one that always comes to mind was like an eight pound rainbow trout or something like that. Nice. I think that was, it's been a while. That stories might've changed over the years. <laughs> Maybe six pound rainbow trout. It was some type of rainbow trout when I was like 12. I've always wanted to catch it. I've always wanted to catch one. I never have. You ever catch a Pokemon? I've never, I've never done. No, I've never participated. I have, a, I didn't mention this. I have a grade 10 Cade rookie card, uh, but Base I've never card. I don't know. I got it as a Christmas present. I don't know. I just know it's Cade and it's rookie and it's in a case and it looks really, really nice and I'm going to cherish it forever because it's my favorite basketball player and that's all that matters. But I've never caught a rainbow trout. The biggest one I've ever caught, I've caught a lot of pike in my career, uh, which is probably my favorite fish to catch. Um, no, they they look weird to me. They're so fascinating though. And the, like the I need to go fishing. I haven't gone. Fi- I used to go fishing all the time. My dad, me and my dad would get up on Saturday mornings to go fishing. He had a boat. Well, this was before he had a boat. We'd go, and then he got a boat eventually, and we'd go. I haven't been fishing in maybe years. I didn't, maybe I should go fishing. I'm going to go fishing this week. Oh, you have to get a license, don't you? I mean, yes, if the DNR catches you, but I've, um, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to air myself out here. I've never, I've never had a fishing license, and the DNR has never shown up, so. But the day yeah. I tell you what though the the day they do is gonna stink because if there's any government agency that does not mess around, it's like the IRS and the DNR. But the thing with that's Pike that that stinks is if you unknowingly hook one, the odds are you're gonna lose your line because their teeth are gonna cut the thing. 
So what's lucky for me is every single time I've caught one, it's hooked the side of their mouth. I think one time I hooked one by the gills, and I was I felt horrible, but I was kind of like, well, at least I caught it. It's technically still. I mean, he couldn't cut the line because he couldn't bite it. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There was one time that I caught a largemouth, and I was like, why is this taking so long to reel in? I was like, I know this isn't that big. And as I was reeling it in... It was a can of Folgers. <laughs> a snapper was biting the back of the largemouth, and I was, like, taking it on for a ride. That's kind of tight. It was, and I don't really want to explain the rest of the story because it gets a little sad. The fish, it was alive. The fish lived. It did not die. It was fine, but it did get a little cut up from the from the snapper. So yeah, just watching that circle of life play out in real time. I hooked this fish, and then this turtle is like, "No, I want this fish." And I was in a tug of war with a snapper. Pretty bizarre. It's a lot, but I res- I respect your effort to bring it to shore. Alrighty, James. Potentially the longest podcast in the history of the Bonnie Cardigan show. At an clocking in at almost ninety minutes. Yeah, this is going to be the feedback on this will be interesting. At least we gave the people an update. Hey, not going to be Pistons today. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think I think they're fine with that. I think it's there's just no way that people just sat through the fishing spiel that we just did. I'm officially retired from helping people move. Like, kids don't fish nowadays, right? Like, have you ever seen anybody under the age of 20 fish? Mm, my information is skewed because I live on the best lake in the planet. So, I do. I People fish on Lake Michigan constantly, but I understand your point. Yeah, I just never see any young people talk about fishing anymore. But, I, I mean, I know they, I'm sure in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, they're fishing. Yeah. I'm just talking about whatever. But, yeah, let's. You don't see, I mean, these streamers, Kai's not fishing, you know, XQC's not fishing, Hassan's not fishing. The kids, they don't got, they don't have, they don't have the right uh, influences out there. They're not fishing anymore. They don't be outside, man. (laughs) If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.